Welcome to the Brain Injury Roundtable podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about brain injury. My name is Anya Patel, and I'll be your host. I suffered a non-athletic brain injury in 2018, and I'm the founder of Calling My Storm, a New Jersey nonprofit organization that works to support people with brain injuries on the road to recovery and healing. An injury like this takes everything from you. It's your identity as well. The things that, you know, the first question that people ask when you meet someone for the first time is usually what do you do for a living so when you can't identify yourself with that anymore you really struggle with or what do I have left I think one of the benefits of brain injury is that it does show you who really is a good friend within the past year I've re-realizing my focus in life my purpose in life and that's to definitely help people who have been going through post-concussion symptoms just like me To learn more about Call Me My Storm, check out our website, callmemystorm.com, or click the link in our bio. Today, I'll be speaking with Katie Nels, the founder of the Healing Brain Project, which is a support community for women who are suffering from post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. I'm so excited to have you here. I absolutely love the work that you are doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here. So can we start by giving our listeners a little background on your injury and about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Katie. I'm 27 years old and I live in Michigan. And like you, I've had a traumatic brain injury that has really had a lot of long-lasting effects. So I had my injury in 2017. And like you, it was in my home. It was kind of a freak accident. And I ended up slamming my the back of my head on a granite countertop. And I had no idea that this injury would create such debilitating effects. My symptoms didn't come on until a couple of days later, and they just kept getting worse. I went into the emergency room and they said, well, just wait for a week and wait till your symptoms go away. And then you'll be able to go back to work. And unfortunately, they never went away. So I'm much better than I used to be. I've made a lot of progress these past three years, but I definitely still struggle with a lot of things. And at the time of my brain injury, I was a master's student at Michigan State University. Work was definitely my purpose in life. I felt like work and school was definitely my purpose and they were all very important to me. And I was definitely and still am somewhat of a perfectionist. So it was really hard when I got my injury because what I was feeling, all the physical symptoms, like I couldn't, I couldn't control it. The perfectionist in me was like, oh, I just got to get better. But my body was like, nope, you're gonna be on the couch for a year plus. So unfortunately, I had to drop out of my master's program. And that was a very difficult for me emotionally. And so the past three years, I've just been focusing on getting better and helping others with their post-concussion symptoms as well. Pretty recently within the past year, I've created this online community for women and I'm kind of re-realizing my focus in life, my purpose in life, and that's to definitely help people who have been going through post-concussion symptoms just like me. So 
Yeah, I think all the work that you're doing is absolutely amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that you're feeling better, but I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. So you kind of talked about dropping out of your master's program, but can you kind of discuss like the ways in which this injury impacted your life? Yeah, definitely. So like a lot of people with a traumatic brain injury, I had a lot of like terrible headaches pretty much constantly, a lot of fatigue, physical fatigue and neuro fatigue, and then a lot of neck pain. I couldn't like for a while, I couldn't even turn my neck at all. And then a lot of dizziness and balance issues. I remember being in physical therapy early on in my recovery, and I couldn't even like stand up without like wobbling. And I was like, just looking back at that, I was like, Oh, I've come a long way since then. (laughs) And then I also struggled with a lot of memory problems, um, mostly short term memory, and also like some speech difficulties too, with like word finding and stuff like that. So those are kind of the physical symptoms that I went through, but I also struggled emotionally as well. It was such a dramatic change in my life from being very busy, work-oriented master's student to being like very impacted by this injury. So I had a lot of emotional symptoms. I went through denial, like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm going to be back at work in a week. It's going to be fine. Definitely went through kind of anger too, anger with me being in this accident, even though I couldn't have done anything about it. And then also going through loneliness as well, because I wasn't interacting with many people because I was just, you know, on the couch in a dark room. So a lot of emotional symptoms as well. And then as far as how it impacted my life, it impacted probably every part of my life. (laughs) But I've realized that a couple of different key things for dealing with my symptoms on a daily basis. One that I found is very important is making achievable goals for myself. So like I mentioned before, early on in my recovery, I would be like, in two weeks, I'm going to be going back to school. I'm going to be 100% well. It took me a long time to realize that that is not an achievable goal. I need to make goals that I can achieve, that I can celebrate. So I think that was a major turning point in my recovery when I realized that. And then also going along with that is just being able to be happy with making small baby steps in my recovery because it's been such a long kind of slow recovery process and just realizing like that it's okay to be happy about the small things. So like something that I wouldn't be happy about before my injury, like I walked 10 minutes today and it's like, it's okay to celebrate that, you know? Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, definitely. I think that recognizing like it's what's an achievement for you, not what like everyone else might consider an achievement. So like those 10 minutes might be like the best thing that happened today. And like, that's okay. I can definitely sympathize with that. So on our website, we did a blog series called Dear My Old Brain. And on that, we had TBI survivors write letters to their old brain prior to their injury and what they want their prior self to know. And in these letters, it was clear like that people associated their current self and their current life as being like their new normal opposed to like their life that they wish that they had prior to their injury and kind of having that disconnect. 
you kind of talked about it with being a perfectionist and now no longer being able to be one. Can you just talk about that, like adapting to your new normal after your injury? That's a great question. When I think about myself before my injury, I actually truthfully try not to think about that. I I try not to compare pre-injury Katie to now Katie because I feel like it's good to try to look forward rather than looking back but sometimes we do that because that's I feel like that's definitely a human thing to do is compare especially with a life-changing injury like traumatic brain injury can be and so when I kind of feel myself comparing the old me versus the new me, I kind of have to tell myself that I am the same person. I just have these limitations. And I have to tell myself, I'm not less intelligent. I'm not less than, I'm just different. I'm, I'm still the same person, but I just have these limitations. When I also feel myself looking at the past, I try to focus on the positive changes that I've made in my life because of my injury. Before my injury, I definitely didn't practice self-care. Like I didn't check in on myself emotionally or say, what should I do for me today? And so I definitely do that more often now. So I try to focus on that and focus on the positive changes. Like I am a definitely more patient person than I was pre-injury. And I definitely am more of a compassionate person as well. And it's hard to focus on these positive things because there's so many negatives, but I just, I try to focus on the positive as much as I can. I think it's amazing that you can do that. I think the positives you've found are great obviously. Um, No, I think one question I had was just as someone who suffered from this life-changing injury and having all these symptoms, were there things that you were no longer able to do? And if so, were there things that you did to replace them? And like, how did you find those things? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say activities that I'm no longer able to do. That's a very long list, unfortunately. I would say a lot of things physically I can't do anymore. So like I was definitely active in sports. I can't really do that anymore, especially because you also kind of worry about re-injuring yourself too. I don't know if you have that as well, but you yeah, definitely. Get paranoid that like I don't want to put myself in this situation because I might, you know, just have a little knock on the head and I might get all these symptoms back. Let's see. So you asked about what activities have replaced them. So as far as being active, I definitely do more walks now. <laughs> it's boring, but definitely finding nice places to go, just take a walk. <laughs> and I've definitely gotten more into yoga as well. Like slow moving yoga has been really nice. So that has kind of replaced the more active me. It's frustrating because I do want to be more physically active, but I just, I'm not at that stage yet. I might not be ever in the future. I just don't know. But like we said before, just got to maintain being positive as much as we can. And then also other like non-physical activities. I definitely cannot read or 
do any type of work for not as long as I used to. And that's frustrating because, you know, going back to being a perfectionist, you just, you want to be able to work and you want to be able to do everything right. And so to replace reading, because I did a lot of reading for fun pre-injury, and I've definitely am a supporter of audiobooks now. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, a lot of podcasts. I tend to slow them down so that I can better understand what they're saying. So that's a way that I can still like take in information without having to use my eyes and read. Yeah, those are the those are the main things. There's a lot of things I can't do now. But no, I think those are great ways to compensate for like these newfound limitations in order to fill this void of things you no longer can do. Are there any like hobbies you've picked up or ways that you cope with it? Like I said, I picked up yoga for sure. I've always been a crafty person, but I definitely picked up cross stitching is one thing. <laughs> so it's all like I feel like an old person, but <laughs> these are all old person hobbies, but <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. I think it's hard to do. I think finding hobbies sounds really simple, but going to do it and then making sure it's something you can do for like long periods of time with your symptoms, not an easy thing to do. So I think that's awesome. But yeah, that's the key, right? Is just being able to limit your time doing a certain task. Our energy is limited. So yeah, definitely. So going into like how this is continuing to talk about how it's affected your life, like after your injury, have you found it's like harder to socialize? And how do you deal with that? Yeah, I definitely think it's definitely harder to socialize after my brain injury, just because, you know, I do have such limited energy during the day. And a lot of my energy is used making dinner, cleaning the house, doing my things I have to do for Healing Brain Project. And I think socializing definitely gets last on the list because I just, you just don't, (laughs) you know what I mean? It kind of goes down the list a little bit. I end up not scheduling too much in one week because I know I'm, it's going to, tire me out. And I definitely, when I want to see a friend, I make sure we meet in a quiet place. That's the lighting's not too bad. And then like setting a time limit being like, okay, I can meet for an hour today and talk. But my social life is definitely a lot different than it used to be, but you try to make it work <laughs> as best you can. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's really smart. The time limits and making sure you're in a space in which you don't have any triggers or anything like that is definitely a must. So one question I had for you is this is a problem like adapting to your new normal is something that a lot of people who have a concussion will go through just because of how instant it happens and you're not at all prepared for it. You never think it's going to happen to you and that it does and you just don't realize how big of a deal it is and how much it can impact your life. So what would you tell someone who's had a concussion is now sitting there and is faced with this new normal and is comparing themselves to their previous self? What would you tell them? your experience? I would definitely tell them that it's really important to find other people who have gone through a similar situation as you, specifically if you can, to find other TBI survivors because it's such a unique experience. And I think because it's an invisible injury, you don't see, you know, TBI survivors with like, you know, a bandaid on their head or something. (laughs) So I think it's really important to to find other people who have gone through a similar experience and just talk to them. Just, 
because, you know, early on in my recovery, especially, I wasn't doing that. And I was, it felt very lonely. You know, I thought I must be the only one going through this horrible experience. But in reality, there's so many people who have had long lasting effects from a concussion and a brain injury. So that's one of the reasons why I started Healing Brain Project is I think that's so important to connect with others. And I would also say what works for me, not that it it might not work for you at home, but what works for me is finding a mantra that I can say to myself on bad days. My mantra is be realistic, but be hopeful. And that helps me because I can say be realistic, but hopeful. So be realistic on your recovery and your expectations of getting better, but stay hopeful. So I think that that keeps me going during the bad days. And I would also say, like I said earlier, definitely celebrate the small victories, no matter how small they may be. That was huge for me when I started doing that. I found myself getting a little more positive. So that was very helpful to me. And then along those lines, make sure to step back and be proud of yourself for surviving what you've survived and be proud of yourself that you've never given up. So that's what I would say. I love that. I love your mantra. I think that's Thank so you. true. And everything that you said, I definitely going back into you talked about it earlier, the Healing Brain Project and finding people who've had a TBI, because honestly, they're the only people who can understand. So can you tell us more about that project? Yeah, so I started it not too long ago. And it's for it was started because I really could not find a place to connect with other TBI survivors where it was easy for me to do so. And it wasn't solely online through text. So meeting face to face through a video. So I started Healing Brain Projects, I really wanted to bring survivors together to be able to share our stories and learn from each other. So right now I'm in six week sessions. So I do it every every couple months or so. There's a new one that's starting. So it's six weeks program. Every week we meet for a video meeting for 45 minutes to an hour. And each meeting we have a different topic. So all the topics are related to living with a TBI and living with post-concussion symptoms. Like one of the topics is pain and symptom management or managing emotions. So it's it's definitely a more structured way, but also it's definitely it's just people talking about their experiences. And it's I've met some very wonderful and inspiring people while doing it. And I've only done it for a short time. So I feel lucky to have met these people so far. I think all the work and all the posts that you've been doing are absolutely incredible. And I love your idea, especially the focus on women and their experience in particular, because women tend not to really share their experiences and talk about it. So I think that creating that safe space is so important. Thank you for doing that. I think it's really amazing. So I'll be linking Katie's information about the Healing Brain Project in the link of this podcast. You should definitely, definitely check it out, especially if you're a TBI survivor and a woman. It's a great community. And you should definitely check that out if you listen to this. But Katie, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm sure your story will touch many people. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me.